sometimes life doesn't turn out the way we want it to. And the trick is in how you deal with your setbacks. And recently, a friend of mine had a fairly major one, and I'm going to talk to him about it. So cue the music, and we're going to get started. Joining me today, my second repeat guest, is my friend Dan Kalbsfletch, Sumo Dan, who recently competed in the North American Championships in sumo wrestling. And unfortunately, it didn't quite go the way he had hoped. And so he's joining me to talk about that. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great until you mentioned uh, my losses. <laughs> no problem. I would like to take everybody's good morning and ruin them. Yeah, mission accomplished. Thank great. <laughs> Again, I, I want to thank you because it's hard to talk about when things don't pan out, especially something that a lot of um, stake was put into. You're a very big person for doing that. So, so thank you. Let's just dive in. I lost Bruce. <laughs> That's diving in. That is diving in. So yeah, the last time you were on, you were talking about your training routine, your partner, Zach, and you were very excited to go. What happened? A lot of things happened, Bruce. Uh, you, you last time you asked me uh, asked me about my mindset, and uh, basically I went in there thinking I'm going to win, and I had no concept of even losing. So when I lost my first match, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on because it's been a long time since I lost anything in the U.S. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, I lost. I, I went into that tournament expecting to take uh, two golds, and I only came out with one uh, bronze. So very. Uh, very shocking to my ego. I'm curious. Sumo happens really fast. You, you, you mentioned it's like a five to 10 second thing and boom, like it starts and it's over. When did it, when did you realize what was that moment? Like, yeah, well, it happened within five seconds. <laughs> the first loss happened within five seconds, but, uh, and he was a 600 pound Hawaiian who ended up winning the heavyweights. But, uh, well, I thought strong, I, obviously, I mean, I didn't tell anybody this, uh, when I went in, but, Four weeks before the tournament, I uh, hyperextended my knee. And then uh, one week before the tournament, I re-injured uh, my arm uh, from a tournament in Milan two years ago. So I know I wasn't 100%, but my mindset still said, oh, at 70%, you can still beat everybody. And uh, in a combat sport where uh, it's only five seconds long, once your injury gets aggravated in the match, you know, you, there's no time to recover. So that was my biggest thing. I, I couldn't... One, one is upset that I didn't win, but like two is the upset that I didn't perform and show the crowd and the audience and all the people who were rooting for me, like my techniques and, you know, the way I can, uh, like different ways I could. So, yeah, but, but injuries, I think, um, and that's right now, that's the only thing I can blame is the injuries, but I never know because, you know, people go against me and they beat me. doesn't matter if I'm injured or not, I'm still in the ring and they still win. I mean, it's the nature of combat sports, as you said, and injuries are part of the game. So anybody not fighting at 100% uh, still has it in their head. It's like, wow, if, if only I were 100%, could I have won or I should have won, you know? And, and now I'll never know, you know? So that was the first match then. And of course, you got further, I assume you got further hurt from that loss. Well, hurt mentally. I mean, I just, I went in the tournament not being able to bend my knee. Uh, which is something you kind of need <laughs> in sumo. So one knee was gone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, 
yeah, I, I can't blame you know anything other than the injuries. You know, I think I was one hundred percent mentally. I was one hundred percent, but my body was maybe seventy percent. You know, or even less now that I think about it. So, how did it affect you coming out of the tournament? You got a bronze, which I think. I mean, you're you've won championships, tons of championships. Yeah. So for you, that's a massive disappointment. Some other people, they themselves might be like, "Well, he got a bronze. That's still a victory." I know, especially on the day where everybody was congratulating me for taking the bronze, but I was just like, "This is not what I wanted." I mean, I felt like I felt like I wanted to throw it in the trash, but I didn't want to disrespect the other athletes who beat me, and I didn't want to disrespect the tournament producers because. uh you know, it's not their fault, you know, but I felt like, ah, that was heartbreaking, man. I felt, it felt as bad as uh, getting broken up with, you know. Because you had a lot riding on these victories, your entire, you had plans to go to the world tournament. You had, I believe you had several deals lined up that were hinging on winning. How did this affect you? And again, I really appreciate you talking about these difficult things. I just think everybody loses in their life and it's good to hear how we cope and to learn how to cope better. Cause for a lot of people, it just stops them, but that's not what I believe is in your nature. No, I, I don't plan on being stopped. I just, uh, yeah, I had a few opportunities and a few, uh, irons in the fire ready to go after I won the tournament. But, uh, since that didn't happen, my opportunities I, I have changed. You know, when they say, don't put all your eggs in one basket, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> I not that I put all my eggs in one basket, but there was a lot riding on it for me, at least uh, you know, project wise. So now, you know, that happened. It was on December eleventh and you know, at Christmas and now New Year's and right now you have just time to reflect and, you know, time to think about what my next step is when I what I wanna be when I grow up, I guess. Well, we know what you wanna be. You wanna be a writer and an actor. That's part of your basket. That is part of my basket. And, you know, I took some time studying, acting, studying, writing, uh, storytelling, especially film storytelling. And, uh, yeah, maybe I can move on to that. I think maybe uh, I can get down to uh, actor shape. I know Eric the trainer. He can help me uh, get down to an actor action, action body, I guess. I could see you as the um, bodyguard slash hitman slash mafioso type. So... I don't know that you necessarily need to go a full, you know, 150 pounds. I think you get yourself down like maybe I, I say this weight like it's a small amount of weight, but you get down 60 pounds and you kind of look like the kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't need to lose 100 and some pounds, but I mean, I actually have I can't <laughs> I can't lose 100 pounds. You know that and I'm already three. I, I know you, yeah. I'm at 350 right now, so I can stand to lose 100. Did you have any um, crisis moments in the period of time after the tournament? Did, did anything sort of, did you have moments of either, for lack of a better way of putting it, depression, or was it just sort of like a sense of disappointment? To what degree, on a scale of one to 10, did it hurt? I think I've only been kind of depressed once in my life. And to be honest, uh, I, I've been, I had my heart broken once, so... So it didn't feel nothing nearly as bad as that. You know, I just had this kind of sense of dread and what what next uh, for about a week. It didn't affect me too bad. Like I went to back into the gym and everybody asked me how I did. And I just had that low head like, oh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> and, and, it, and, it, and it was weird because I felt that I disappointed a lot of people who were rooting for me. 
uh, not necessarily at the tournament, but rooting for me in life. They didn't treat me any different. And I was like, what? Why aren't you treating me different? I lost, you know? So it, it only lasted about a week. You know, I'm still my jovial self, but uh, there's still definitely that, that, uh, that dread. Uh, I'm going to go on vacation for a week now, but when I come back, I got to actually think about what I want to do, do with my life. But that's the important thing. You're like, okay, I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to pick something up. You're not being static. You gave it some time and now you're going to pick up something. You don't necessarily know what that is. I mean, one of the things is, is a web series. You're going to try to get this little web series that you've, all web series are little, but that wasn't meant to be like, oh, your little web series, you cute little thing, you. Yeah, I've, I've had a few projects. I, I have a bunch of irons in the fire, but it's about finding the right people because in, in, in uh, entertainment industry, it's all collaborative. So you can start one thing, you can start the writing process, but you need to find people who can produce it, direct and act in it. And I don't, I'm still getting my foot in the door in that aspect. So yeah, a lot of these writing projects that hopefully I can co-act in and co-direct or something like that are still there. I just, uh, I need to get my foot in the door and get these going, you know, but, I, but again, I get a, I need to get a few drafts written to make sure they're well done before I even take the next step. So, or at least I feel. No, it's always good to uh, refine your brain droppings into a very nice, cohesive form and sort of uh, deal with the problematic issues that are in the first or second draft before you go show it to somebody. One of the things that I used to do is after my second draft, I would actually hire an external editor to go through it. It's always a neat step before you then send it out to people whom you're really trying to rope in. Thanks, Bruce. That's good advice. Good advice, Bruce. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm still gotta, I still gotta come back from vacation b- before I decide what step I want to take. But uh, yeah, I, I think I'll be on the right track, especially with the group of people I know. You know, they can lead me in the right direction. But, but again, I've, I've already had a few people try to lead me in different directions, and you know, and that thing, you got to determine what direction is the best way to go. It's like anyone, everything else in life. Everyone wants to give you their opinions and their advice, especially in the group of people you hang out with. And you have to determine which bits of this make sense to you and how to utilize it. Yeah, I think things will work out. I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> let me get on it. You know, it's right now we're recording in January. So, you know, new year, new you, that kind of attitude. So uh, speaking about new year, new you, Bruce, did did uh, we do a an update yet or? Oh, I've actually not really been doing updates, but right now, Uh-oh. right now what I'm doing in the first week of January is I've started coming off the new year because I effectively took about from Christmas to New Year's off doing anything and partook of the holidays. I'm now doing partially as a test to see if I can do this. I'm on a two to three week fast. I'm not 100% sure how long I want to go with it. And I'm also specifically trying to work out hard because what I'm curious about is can I do this fast while putting in a lot of effort and will things like autophagy take protein from like my loose skin and various other parts of my body and provide the strength building that I need as I'm doing, you know, trying to get more out of my chest press. So like last night I had a workout that was, it was a fairly small workout because I had taken Liz down to start her working out again. I began working on my chest press and then 
tomorrow I'll go back and I'll see if I can do the same amount, if I can do more or if I'm weaker Okay. and see if I can do that on a fast. Cause I don't, you know, for a lot of fitness information is all subjective and often by inference. So I'm going to figure out for me, whether am I getting weaker? Am I getting stronger? Is my endurance going down? According to today, I'm doing fine. And I'm like three days in. So that's what I'm doing. I haven't really weighed myself because I know my weight's going to be up. So I'm going to give myself a yeah. couple of weeks. Then I'll weigh myself and kind of ground myself again. So that's where I'm at. But once, if you decide that you're being weaker, you're going to start eating again, I hope. Or are you still going to try the fast? I'm going to, I want to do the experiment. So I'm going to okay. see what my, I'm going to see what the 14 to 21 days are for me. Cause ultimately and I, and I do want to say, I keep saying this whenever I talk about fasting to people, because what I can do is different than what other people can do. Do not try to do this unless you are very experienced with fasting. If you're curious about fasting, only like do a 24 to 48 hour fast. Or even if you haven't really even started, just do some intermittent fasting. Don't do what I'm doing. What I'm doing is oh, yes. very extreme. <laughs> and I understand that and realize that I'm not thinking that, oh, this is something anybody can do. It's not. So disclaimer, I think it's weird. They call it a fast because the time goes by really slow. You'd think I will say one of the things that I've learned about fasting is once you get past the, the initial 48 to 72 hours, your stomach effect effectively goes into like a rest mode. So you don't get all that hungry. And if I can distract myself for 10 minutes, if I'm feeling a hunger pang, it just goes away. And so I can distract myself really easy. So my day flies by because it's full of stuff to do. I think I've only gone 24 hours is probably the longest fast right now. I'm working on like a two to three uh, hour fast right now. Cause I haven't eaten breakfast yet. So. Are you the, do you eat before you go to the gym or cause I know from here you're going to the gym. Oh, do you now? Bruce, you know, my schedule. Well, I mean, you, you explicitly told me, but otherwise I would just infer that you were heading there to get your comfort love from Dorian and from Eric. I personally don't like working out on a full stomach. I know some people do like mostly the skinny guys like eating, eating before they work out because they need that quick energy release. But like, I can't work out with something in my stomach, you know, whether it's, you know, whether I'm training, you know, weight training or training sumo, I can't have anything in my stomach. So uh, no, I usually don't eat. I, I eat a little bit earlier, maybe, you know, an hour ago, but, uh, but yeah, when I get to the gym, my stomach's fine. Yeah. I know a lot of people like that where you, there's no possibility of having food. I'm one of those as well, but for some people, you just, if there's a little bit in the stomach, it's about five minutes between starting working out and running to the toilet to throw up. <laughs> I do that. I just feel, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know, Bruce. <laughs> Getting to back to mindset, what would your advice be to somebody who always finds themselves stunted by a failure, a loss, a, a trip in the road that they can't get over? I know innately for you, you are the kind of person who you are jovial and you are also focused. So you kind of have that innately, but what advice would you have for somebody who doesn't have that innately? I, yeah, I don't know. I've always lived my life where, you know, you, you can have a failure, but I ultimately always knew it didn't matter. You know, not like a big failure, like a DUI or a big failure, like, you know, uh, I don't even know other, other, I'm just trying to think of another big failure, but, um, could have broken a limb. Yeah. Yeah. Broken an arm doing something stupid, but really the trivial things like even a sumo tournament, a sports tournament, 
I I know it's trivial. Like I want to win, and a lot was riding on it, but it's not life or death, you know. So I've I've always understood that. Like I, if I had a bad grade as a kid, it didn't matter, you know. Not that I didn't care, you know, but it, I knew it didn't matter. So I, I think I always live my life like it's not that important, you know. Everything is lighthearted. Everything you know should be. So I think somebody to set in that lifestyle. I I don't know what kind of advice to give to them other than say, hey, it doesn't really matter. Like I said, I felt bad for a week, and w- when I got back to the gym, and all these guys were like, oh, how'd you do? And you know, I had to tell them I lost. It didn't matter to them. A lot of things don't matter. And like in your head, you build up things. But I knew that. But it, it helps to get reinforcements saying, hey, we don't care. We love you anyway. A lot of what you perceive as are going to be the negative outcomes, the negative consequences of these things mostly are more built up in your mind than the actual consequences turn out to be in real life. Yeah. But but even like this, I had business opportunities riding on it. And yeah, it sucks that those don't happen. but. Ultimately, doesn't matter in the big spectrum of things. Uh, I have other opportunities. I'm still Sumo Dan, you know, 12 time champ. Like, I didn't take that away. Although, you know, it feels like it. Thanks for bringing this up, Bruce. No problem. Breaking your heart is what I like to do. Your tears are like nectar to me. But you're on a fast, so I'll save them for you. Yeah, I'm on a fast, so I can't, I can't, can't partake of the nectar. God damn it. Um, no, again, like I said, I appreciate you being willing to talk about these not necessarily happy things. And I feel like sometimes my tone might be a little more, hey, I'm on the radio. I'm talking in a jovial voice about, tell me a little more about your abject loss. So I, I'm not that upset. Uh, I, I, yeah, I understand. I, uh, like, again, I just, just that we're talking about it. And I was like, oh, but, you know, I'm not that upset. I just didn't, it was just so weird. I didn't expect to lose at all. You know, I had no concept of that. And, uh, you know, that's weird. I just know so many people who get paralyzed by even the slightest of setbacks or losses. Hell, even people who go out and they go to shoot pool and they lose at shooting pool. And then they react to it as if a relative has been shot in front of them and just absolutely are terrible terrible losers and they get depressed or angry over that and that's just a horrible way to live because i think it so blocks somebody from fulfilling their potential if you've got that mindset where any setbacks devastate you which is again why i wanted you on because you are not like that and i think you're a very good example for people who specifically in the realm of weight loss they You know, they were trying to stick to a diet and then they broke one night and that break, instead of being a contained thing, they failed and that failure leads to a downhill slope. And I'm hoping that this in some way form addresses that kind of mindset. That was my purpose. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's bring it back to the concept of your podcast, which, which is great. But uh, yeah, that, that mindset. And again, I've gone through that. Like when I... When I would start, I, I've been on diets, so you you lose a bit of weight and then you 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 break it, you break the habit for a little bit. But but you know how to do it. That's that's the thing. Like once people start losing weight and they know how to do it, they can always go back to it. There's no stopping them from going back to it, other than the mental block. So you you fail a little bit. Just COVID happened, and uh, you know there's a few people that I know gained the weight back, but. You know, I don't know. Maybe you know someone like that. 
Uh, you know, there might be somebody in this room who did that himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the people I was referring to. But but it wasn't just you. Like, other people I know have done that. And and they know they can go back. As, as a friend, uh, you want to encourage them to, all right, just go back. You know how to do it. I mean, that, that's the simplest thing you can say, you know. You don't need to berate them saying, oh, what'd you do, man? You were doing so well and you, you fucked up. And you, But no, it was like, you know how to do it. You know, just encourage them to do it and, and don't give them any shame. But as someone going through it, people loved you who you were before. They're not going to love you now since you, you took a break in your weight loss. You know, they're not going to love you less, I mean, because you took a break in your weight loss. But but you know how to do it, so just just go back and do it. You get into the mindset of, well, God, I've ruined it, and nothing matters, and then you get depressed. And it's true. If you can just somehow get that mental break stop where it's like, okay, this was not what I wanted, but that doesn't mean tomorrow I can't pick back up, or tonight I can pick back up, and then continue, because it's, it is muscle memory. It's always the first step that seems to be the hardest. Well, I mean, again, like, like with mine, I, you know, I can go back to do sumo better once my knee can bend. I still got a little bit of healing, but again, if if that's your thing, if you're injured, uh, like you, like, let's say you're walking and that's why, you know, you can't walk for a bit. That's why you can't lose any more weight because you don't have that access to exercise, heal up and get back out there, you know, and do it. Yeah. Anybody watching this now who really wants to lose that weight or, or, or in that in this specific break, you know, or relapse of getting eating, you know, you can go back to it. It's not that hard. And it doesn't matter that you messed up. It doesn't matter. Just go back and do it. You know, just go back and do it. After your vacation, Dan, where can people find you when they're not finding you here on my podcast? Well, uh, I am on Instagram, I think. Yeah. Instagram at sumo Dan USA. I think I'm on Twitter as the same. Um, I don't do too much. Um, you have a website. I'm throwing that out there. You could put that out there. Oh, I do. I, I think it's still up. SumoDan.com <laughs> might still be up. I also like, uh, actually, I have some uh, Sumo sumo shirts on uh, Etsy. So Etsy slash SumoDan. Uh, I got a couple of Sumo designs. If you if you're interested in a SumoDan t-shirt, check me out. Bruce, Bruce, I got to get you a sumo shirt. When you, once you lose the weight, once you desert, determine what size you're going to be, I'll get you a nice uh, snug shirt. Once I get into larges again, then I want shirts. And until that time, all of my shirts are Fruit of the Loom because I don't want to spend money on them and I want to be able to throw them out when they wear out, which for Fruit of the Loom is fairly fast. Probably not going to be endorsed by Fruit of the Loom at any time soon. A large though, Bruce. I think I was like, 12 the last time i wore a large sadly it might be the same for me actually that's not true true. anyway as for me you can find me wherever you find your favorite podcasts my social medias are at fittest fat kid wherever they are including instagram tiktok twitter and my facebook page if you want to share your story if you just need advice if you want to reach out you can reach out to me at hi there at fittestfatkid.com. This is the first recording I've done where I can say I finally have my website and it is at www.fittestfatkid.com. So I can't do that. I'm still trying to make it bit anymore. Thank you. Anyway, so no matter who you are, no matter where you are or what you're doing, 
Hold yourself accountable, but do it with kindness and understanding. And I'll talk to you next week.